2: Locked on sports today.
3: The San Francisco 49ers look like the best team in the NFC after a Monday night beatdown. The Detroit Lions are in the hunt for the playoffs and it's time for the Rams to shut down Matthew Stafford. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today.
2: Searching all major sports, sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
3: It looked like it didn't matter if this game was played in Mexico City or in Cliff Kingsbury's backyard. 38-10 to 10 was the final. The 49ers over the Cardinals. And it might not have even been that close. The 49ers looked like they could have gotten 50 in this game if they had wanted to. Brian Peacock from Locked On 49ers. And, of course, the Peacock and Williamson Show joins me now. and, and Brian. In a week where the Eagles did not look particularly great coming off a loss, where Dallas did blow out the Minnesota Vikings, and then you have this 49ers game on Monday night, it is looking more and more like the 49ers are the team everyone in the NFC should be fearing. Make the case that they are the best team in the NFC right now.
1: Yeah, and by the way, uh, that turkey bowl in Cliff Kingsbury's backyard. I don't know if he's gonna even coach his team to victory there. <laughs> I don't know if he's gonna have a job in his US, not, so yeah. to be honest, with the way that team's playing. He wouldn't right even now. get home field advantage in his backyard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Even if there's not 80,000 49ers fans, which is that was a raw deal for the Cardinals to get a home game in that environment with so many 49ers fans. But that aside Uh, there's been a lot of people that have talked about because, you know, it's been the bills and the chiefs and the Eagles all year is the one, two, three, and everybody's power rankings and kind of, you know, who's that fourth team. And a a lot of folks have been really high on the 49ers. I had been reserved on that because I wanted to see it. And now we finally saw it in prime time with everybody watching on Monday night football. And I have no doubt that all the talking heads on Tuesday morning are going to be all about the 49ers. And I'm going to be right there with them. This was Kyle Shanahan's (laughs) best play calling of the the season he got everybody involved and he's got so many people on offense to feed and he was able to feed Debo Samuel. He was able to feed Christian McCaffrey. He was able to feed two touchdowns apiece to Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. So uh Kyle definitely in his bag in this game. I thought it was the best performance by far offensively and defensively by the 49ers. And by the way, second half, D'Amico Ryan's defenses for the 49ers have been ridiculous as of late. Um, the Cardinals not playing powerhouse football on either side of the ball. So we'll see when when the 49ers play some some tougher opponents coming up here. But this looked like clearly a playoff team. And look, if the 49ers lost on Monday night football they wouldn't even have been the 7 seed they wouldn't have been a wild card team if the season ended and now they're you know leading the the west by tiebreaker and if the 49ers at this point this team that we saw Monday night if they don't win the west I'll be really surprised and probably really disappointed by the way that you look at how they play on offense and defense and all the talent they have amassed and if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play as efficiently as he did on Monday night look out
3: yeah, I wanted to ask you about Jimmy G, because 20 for 29 for with four touchdowns in this game, a lot of that was because Kyle Shanahan creates opportunities for his guys to make plays after the catch. We saw that with Brandon Aiyuki, he had a pair of touchdowns. George Kittle, he had a pair of touchdowns. It's starting to look like this team, with all of the weapons that they have, that they're calibrating the offense in the right kind of way it doesn't have to be the Christian McCaffrey show but it can be it doesn't have to be the Debo Samuel show but it can be it doesn't have to be the George Kittle show and on and on and on what have you seen over the last month or so since this trade for McCaffrey was made that leads you to believe that this is all going to get better yeah and it started a little bit before McCaffrey with Jimmy Garoppolo too and his
1: turnover worthy plays has been really cut in half and he's always been a very efficient quarterback and when he's not throwing interceptions jimmy garoppolo's numbers look very drew Brees like you know with his uh his efficiency and the way he's able to facilitate his playmakers but then he's always got that weird forced interception it, it feels like he's playing really loose this year and he's not tight and he's not forcing those balls into tight coverage that he had before he's actually holding on to the ball a little bit longer than he has in the past i think to just really go through this Progressions relaxed and not just throw the ball that that Kyle in his helmet is telling him pre-snap that is gonna be there. He's mm-hmm. finding his own plays, and I think it's really shining in that offense with all of these playmakers being able to facilitate everybody. It's been really fun to watch, and Christian McCaffrey just adds another level. So you can't key on Debo when he's in the backfield or wherever he is. You can't key on just Christian McCaffrey because it's gonna open up other things. You can't try to take away george kittle anymore because now you've got all these other weapons and then brandon iuke breaking out as well because teams really aren't respecting the ball beyond 5 10 yards down the field but now you have to there as well so it's it's a really fun offense and and now if it's going to continue to go this way continue to progress this way uh this is a scary unit right now for the 49ers they still run the ball and they play a whole bunch of defense and if they're going to be playing offense and putting up points like points points then uh, it's scary. And I, and I think I would put them near the top and, and really wouldn't even be worried about a, a road game in Philadelphia for the 49ers if they're going
3: to be playing like this. Stay up to date all year on the San Francisco 49ers by subscribing to the Locked On Sports today in the Locked On 49ers podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, Dan Campbell's Lions have done such a 180 that... Wait, is this right? They have an outside shot at being a playoff team?
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
3: Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. With Kyrie Irving back, it's worth taking a look at this special line. If the Nets do end up trading him, where will Irving end up? Bet Online's odds look like this. The Lakers, plus 150. The Miami Heat, little under the radar, plus 250. The Clippers at 4-1. Mavericks, 5-1. Knicks, plus 750. And the 76ers at 10-1. Bet online where the game starts.
2: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
3: The USA men's soccer team opened up their first World Cup in eight years with a 1-1 draw against Wales. The U.S. scored in the 36th minute. After Timothy Way took the feed from Christian Pulisic and deposited it in the net with his right foot, Welsh manager Rob Page called for a substitution to bring in a taller defender, Kiefer Moore, and then Welsh defense shut down any attack the offense had. There was also a marked decrease in attacking energy from the Americans, while Wales saw a huge increase in their aggressiveness. That, more than anything, Helped them dominate possession in the second half and led to a gareth bale game tying goal in the 82nd minute next up for the us is a date with an english side that beat iran six to two the atlanta falcons maybe without kyle pitts for the rest of the season
4: kyle pitts is out indefinitely and might miss the rest of the year with a knee injury i'm aaron freeman with Locked On Falcons. Falcons tight end Kyle Pitts is officially out for the short term, according to head coach Arthur Smith. Although a report from NFL Network's Ian Rappaport indicates that Pitts suffered a torn MCO on a hit from Bears safety Eddie Jackson in the third quarter this past Sunday. Rappaport indicated that Pitts is seeking a second opinion on whether or not to have surgery, which is likely why Smith is not quite ready to declare Pitts out for the year could potentially return at some point later this year as the five and six Falcons uh, fight to keep their thin playoff hopes alive. Although we don't know how long Pitts will be out, uh, it's almost certain that he's going to miss several weeks, and it's a tough blow for the Falcons given much discussion in recent weeks over whether or not they can evolve their offense from the leads one of the league's most run heavy attacks into a more balanced unit that could potentially make waves in january without pits that task is going to be much harder and if this is the last we see of kyle pitts this season it marks a disappointing end for his disappointing second year where Pitts went from 68 catches and over a 1,000 yards receiving in a historic rookie season a year ago to just 28 catches for 356 yards in 2022.
3: Kale McCarr is one of the best players in the NHL, and he continued to prove why on Monday night
5: the colorado avalanche get the extra points in a shootout over the dallas stars three to two so much to talk about in this game but the main story the big story our very own mr kale mccarr sets a record for the fewest games by a defenseman to get to 200 points he's already starting off his career on an incredible fashion Uh, But to add this to everything that he's already accomplished so far in his young career, the sky continues to be a limit for this guy. If you're not paying attention to the career of Kael McCarr, maybe this accolade will get your attention because it's the first of many, many, many more to come. He's collecting hardware, he's collecting records. The sky's the limit for Kael McCarr. He's done it in 12 less games than Sergei Zuboff did. Cal McCarr did it in 195 games, while Zuboff did it in 207. The guy just continues to rack up accolades, and he's always going to have that Stanley Cup in his back pocket. I don't think that's the last one he's going to win there. I don't think it's the last Norris Trophy he's going to win. The awards and accolades are just going to come raining down on Cal McCarr for the duration of his career. And it's happy. we're all happy that they did it in winning fashion against Dallas. A lot to talk about with this game. Make sure you check out Locked On Avalanche. Kyle and I will break it all down for you.
2: Here is another story you need to know.
3: Don't look now, but the roar might be being restored. The Lions go into the Meadowlands, okay, MetLife Stadium, and they handle the New York Giants, 31 to 18. They are now four and six, and quietly in the mix dare i say in the nfc playoff oh, race joining boy. me now from locked on lions matt Derry. <laughs> he is not used to hope he is jeremy renner in the marvel movies don't give him hope but we are here <laughs> matt how has this team been able to get back on track because they have looked really like a different team over the last three or four games
6: pete it's a complete 180 from one in six and me threatening to uh, finish my locked on career <laughs> and, and retire i mean all sudden, against the knock.
3: Packers, by the way. You're welcome. Now you get That's to stay right. in the network. We're very glad.
6: That's right. Knocking <laughs> off the pack. Uh uh, you know, the Bears win, which was there was some luck involved with a missed extra point, but they got the stop at the end of the game, and the offense drove down the field. And then on Sunday against the Giants, that was a domination. Let's be completely honest. Everybody yeah. said that New York Giants has have been so physical with other teams. They might not have to have the greatest passing game, and, and, and they might not have all these stars outside of Saquon, but Boy, Detroit goes in there and just mauls uh, the Giants on Sunday. So they're doing it with physicality. The defense is improving. The rookies are, playing, are really playing well on that side of the ball. Aiden Hutchinson, Kirby Joseph, and second-year man Aleem McNeil. So all of a sudden, a little momentum, but it starts up front, O-line, D-line, and, and they're not making
3: mistakes. Yeah, Ellen McNeil had three tackles for loss, three quarterback hits in this game. I want to ask you about an old friend of mine. From Green Bay Packers days, Jamal Williams was a breakout star uh, with hard knocks. A lot of people got to see his big personality for the first time, but he has been big on the field for the Lions this year, leading the league in rushing touchdowns. He's got 12 touchdowns on the season. We've got a month and a half to play here, Matt. What has he given this offense?
6: Well, you know, it was supposed to be the DeAndre Swift show, and Jamal Williams is going to be a backup, going to be a power guy, short yardage guy, and even last year when the two of them were out there together, uh, Williams was handling a lot of the short yarded situations and the goal to go situations, but now Jamal Williams is clearly the best back on this team. DeAndre Swift is often injured, whether it's the shoulder or the ankle, and for some odd reason, even when he's on the field, he's making mistakes. He's missing blocks. He's, he's going through the wrong uh, wrong holes, the wrong lanes, and so they really feel like Jamal Williams is not just a leader on the field, but off the field too, and they trust him. And you throw Justin Jackson, the former Charger, in the mix, and that's a nice three-headed monster to have, but. Williams has been great. O-line's been good, and they, they've been getting close, and three-yard line, two and one, and, and they've been pounding Williams. Um, and it's working, and it worked to, to the to the tune of three touchdowns, probably could have been four Sunday against
3: the Giants. I know they gave up 30 to the Bears two weeks ago, but just nine against the Packers, 18 against the Giants. Now, those two teams, even with the Aaron Rodgers part of this, have not been powerhouse offenses, but this was a defense that was trending in the direction of historically bad when you and I did our crossover for locked on Packers and locked on lions, we got to say historically bad defense, yeah. but they have not looked historically bad over the last few weeks. What's changed? First of all, about two
6: weeks ago, they had a players only meeting uh, without the coaches and they kind of came together and realized that they've got to trust one another when it comes to scheme and what they're doing on the field. I think there was some finger pointing going on. Uh, before. Not not anything real negative, but just like, hey, where were you on this play? No, where were you supposed to be? Now, I think the development of Kirby Joseph, the third-round pick at safety, he's playing the free safety with Tracy Walker out for the year, and I think that's his spot. He's been a roaming center field in a big way. I mentioned Hutchinson before, uh, Jeffrey Okuda, who won't play Thursday against the Bills, but he's been a lockdown cornerback, and there's a big drop-off when Okuda's out, and a guy like Imani Oruwarie, who's been benched, has to play. The return of Jerry Jacobs at the other cornerback has been big. And the linebacking core is getting better. Malcolm Rodriguez is a rookie, but he's getting better. Derek Barnes, second-year guy, improving. So some guys are growing up here. Um, And I think that schematically with Aaron Glenn, excuse me, future head coach Aaron Glenn, the defensive (laughs) coordinator, I think he knows too, let's not just be all-out blitz all the time. Let's be smart and mix things up. They are. They held Saquon under 30 yards on Sunday, and they get the job done right now.
3: Stay up to date all here on the Detroit Lions by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and the Locked On Lions podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, it's time to shut down Matthew Stafford for the rest of the season.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
3: The L.A. Rams may be teaching a masterclass on how not to follow up a Super Bowl win. They are all in without any first-round pick in next year's draft and yet remain far out of playoff contention. Now Matthew Stafford is dealing with another injury. Locked on Rams host Travis Rogers believes it's time to pack it up and start looking to next year.
0: But you cannot put him in harm's way like that they need to shut him down you don't have to say you're shutting him down you don't have to say anything other than uh you know I don't even think officially yet he's in concussion protocol but once they do put him in leave him in we saw David Edwards have to go on IR for four weeks when he got his second concussion maybe something like that is coming down the pike for Matthew Stafford because this just won't work he's too important now you may be thinking we may have him a little bit longer than you want but you're gonna have to have him next year You're going to have to have Matthew Stafford as your quarterback if this thing is going to work in any meaningful way. See what you got in Bryce Perkins. See if that's something you can work with. See if he can protect. He's going to be able to protect himself better than any of those other guys. Put him out there. See if you can use him um, as your backup next year. See if you can maybe get some value, create some value for him. Maybe there's a trade asset there that uh, maybe you didn't have before. But do not put Matthew Stafford back out there. For his own health, first and foremost, but for the health of the team moving forward, he's got to be on your bench. He's got to be done, and you've got to start getting ready for the next season.
3: The thing about the Rams is they fancy themselves as this forward-thinking, progressive organization. And yet in a season where everything has gone wrong and, and we can have arguments and disagreements about the way that this was handled over the last few years with the F-them-picks mentality, that's not on trial right now. They spent multiple draft picks to go get Matthew Stafford. They're going to give what looks like a top 15 pick, could be a potentially top 10, top 8 pick to the Detroit Lions for Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is their guy. He gets hurt, a traumatic brain injury, a concussion. That's what that is. He gets cleared. He goes back out behind an offensive line that you know is terrible. In a season where you know the Rams really, especially with Cooper Cup hurt right now, there is no chance at redemption for this team. This season is over. They should have already put Matthew Stafford on the shelf. The fact that they went out and put him at further risk for now multiple head injuries, the same way potentially the Dolphins did with Tua Tunga-Vailoa, is organizational malpractice. You cannot claim to be this progressive organization changing the way that team building is done and then have this old school mentality when it comes to player injuries, especially head injuries, especially at the quarterback position a quarterback for whom you gave up serious draft capital and now a top-of-market contract to go get. Matthew Stafford should have already been on the shelf. He should never have been subjected to additional hits behind this extremely leaky offensive line. And this team already should have been playing for next season. Sometimes, When you think you're the smartest person in the room, it's important to take a step back and ask why everyone else is doing something a little different. And I'm not saying that the Rams are doing this the wrong way with all of the trading that they're doing, but if you get a little too high on your own supply, you drink the Kool-Aid, and you believe in everything that you do, that can lead to some really bad decision-making, and that looks like what it happened in this case. And finally, Iran soccer coach Carlos Quiros has told the country's fans to stay at home if they cannot support the team after boos were heard from supporters in Monday's 6-2 defeat to England. That's why my duty, it is probably to invite the fans who are here already to support the team or they should stay home. Why did they come here to be against the team? We don't need them to have fans who only support the team when they are winning. We don't need them, he said. Guessing this mindset wouldn't go over well if Quiros coached in a city like... Philadelphia. Also, fans booing is the least of the problems right now in Iran, where you have major political unrest because of oppressive regimes, especially as it relates to women's rights. It is extremely ugly. And for us to even be talking about soccer with Iran feels a little icky because this coach is speaking very much the way that the regime in Iran speaks to its people. If you don't like it, stay home. That's not how free society, how democracy, how the world is supposed to work. That's not how people deserve to be treated. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on tomorrow's show, what's next in the NFL playoff picture? So at least until tomorrow, Stay Locked On Sports today.
2: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.